0: Welcome to Awakenings Movement podcast. Awakenings Movement is a community where dreamers become believers and believers become doers. Luke chapter 3. Let's begin with verse 21. And as we read the scripture, right, I don't want us to ma- imagine that this is just like a one-dimensional expression of words on a page, right? Let's. Better yet, let's imagine that this is like a 3D time machine, but it's not like a time machine to record, like, ancient text. It's a 360-degree time machine. As we read scripture, we understand the past, we become more resonantly connected to the present, and we imagine more broadly for the future. So as we read scripture today, don't just read it like we're reading what we've read before or like we're reading just a series of words. Imagine that you are stepping into a time machine to ultimately impact your present and transform your future by connecting to these words from the past. Okay, you guys ready? Come on, sacred, okay, here we go. One day, when the crowds were being baptized, Jesus himself was baptized. As he was praying, as he was what? Praying. Sweet. The heavens opened. And the Holy Spirit in bodily form descended on him like a dove. And a voice from heaven said, you are my son. Whose son? My, my son. Dearly loved. And you bring me great Joy, You bring me joy when I'm down. That Lord is the divine Anita. Verse 23, Jesus was about 30 years old when he began his public ministry. Then it goes into a series of an ancient understanding of who Jesus was in that present moment. Just to validate that he was ready at 30 years old after having been baptized to begin his official public ministry ministry we've invited youth to be a part of our worship experience by first reading the scripture and then sometimes what young people hear is more resonant than what we can ever say and so i have asked skylar z one of the smartest people i know um to share with us like what she hears in the scripture Skylar, y'all give it up for skylar z skylar z the duck. and a voice from heaven said, sorry, it's okay. you are my dearly loved son, and you bring me great joy. Okay, so Luke chapter 3 mainly talks about John the Baptist and the genealogy of Jesus. These verses are very important because they talk about the renewal of our spirits and baptism. When someone is being baptized, they ask God for forgiveness of their sins and for salvation. However, it is very important to come to God with a pure heart and not in vain. So if we come to Jesus pure, repent of our sins, and diligently follow the Lord, our Father in heaven will be very pleased. Thank you. Oh! What? The doors of the church are open. I'm not preaching today. You already did. Dang, that was live. And I love the earnestness of what you shared. So well written and shared. God bless you. That was awesome, Skylar Z. That was awesome. Dang, now I'm intimidated. Uh, <laughs> why, why don't I just show show this? My 21st birthday. That's when I decided. mom it. almost really Oh, sorry. That's Jed, and Jed is one of the subjects of our next Folklore Film Screening. And Jed is a person who uh, decided to become an artist. He decided to become an artist while being in a family that was mostly well-educated people going into the medical industry. So when he told his parents that he wanted to become an artist, his mom almost passed out, and his father, who's rarely silent because he talks a lot, had nothing to say on the subject, and um, he had the courage, though, to pursue what he thought was his passion. I've recently spoken to his parents and asked them about that moment, and they said we were at first stunned, but we believe in our son. and We've always told him that he could do whatever he wanted to do, even though we hoped that he wanted to do something that would make real money. <laughs> uh, Phoenix and value. Like, I really share the same sentiment that the Ferranda's share about Jed when it comes to my daughter. You know, a lot of people often ask me, like, Marlon, why do you always have so many pictures of Phoenix on your social media? And uh, I never say anything but, because she's cute, because she is, right? (laughs) But really, the heart behind it is that, dude, I want there to be a digital archive cookie trail that Phoenix can follow in the future that lets her know that there was somebody in the world who knew and understood her value at any given moment. And at any given moment, I'm willing to stop whatever we're doing to capture a reflection or an image of the value that I find in that moment. So it's more than just me trying to get likes on Instagram, right? I don't put any picture on Instagram that I need likes for. I put on Instagram what I like. And I like my daughter and I love my daughter. And so the, sometimes I realize that the quality of what we do decreases as we believe our value is diminishing. When we believe that we're not as valuable, then inherently what we do lacks the ultimate quality. Michelle and I were talking uh, the other day about how like addiction changes in those moments when we feel like we're not valuable. And uh, I was talking to a lady who's a really sweet, like super well-educated lady. And uh, she told me she's, uh, she and I talk often about her daughter who lives in New York. And she was like, hey, you know, my daughter's doing really well in New York. She was like, and a friend of mine who went to Dillard, huh? I know Dillard, too. I was like, oh, cool, cool, cool. She said, yeah, she went to Dillard. She's a marketing director for the Apollo. I know the Apollo, too, she said. I was like, oh, cool, cool, cool. She said, I'm wondering if you could recommend some shows that she could go and see at the Apollo, right? So there's some disconnect in my own mind between like who she is and who I am, you know, because she's like paid and rich and influential and all that. And so my response to her was, well, you know, it's always Showtime at the Apollo. Like, <laughs> <laughs> what did I just say? She was like, huh? I was like, you know, it's Showtime at the Apollo. Like I said, it's something goofy. Because in that moment, relatively speaking, I thought that she was more valuable than me. And more resonantly, I thought that that meant that I was not as valuable in that particular moment. So what I said, the quality of my contribution to the conversation diminished because I believed that my value was diminished in that moment. If we are to live out our highest potential, it is essential that we develop a new agreement with our value. We have to agree that we are valuable, absolutely, not relatively valuable, but absolutely valuable in any given moment. We have to agree that we can judge ourselves with the highest capacity to believe in our deepest and most beautiful dreams. You are dreamers, born dreamers. The DNA of God is in the fabric of who you are. You were born to dream. You were born to think outlandish ideas that keep you up at night. That make it so that your pinky toe on your left foot burns with excruciating pain until you live out your highest mission. You were born to dream. You were born to believe in yourself. Because the more you believe in yourself, the more you can do in the world. So I like to hang out with her. And this is I said, New Living. And this was her idea. She's like, Daddy, let's 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 do some pictures uh, up at the playroom. And we did. And as a result of this, they decided to use this picture on their advertisement at New Living. And I was saying to myself, it's not because, like, like because of me, because I look goofy. But it's because of the experience that I create. I try to create with Phoenix to know that in any given moment, she is valuable. I want Phoenix to know that Phoenix will be humbled, but not surprised when other people find her beautiful. That way she isn't lost when people don't. I don't want her to ever be surprised. I don't want her to ever be surprised by, I don't care who the dude is in high school. I don't care how many (laughs) touchdowns he scored. I don't care how much music he produces, right? I don't care who he is. If he walks up to my daughter and says, you are beautiful, I don't want her to be like, oh my god. I don't want her to to be like, oh, thank you. Appreciate that. That's cool. Appreciate that. I want to be like, you know what I'm saying? (laughs) Why? So that she can be narcissistic or big-headed? No. So that in those multiple moments, when she either feels or when she is told that she is not valuable, she will not be lost because she knows that her Father on Earth authenticated her value in her heart, in her life. This is what happens, right, in this moment with Jesus. In this moment with Jesus, the Bible says that something divine opened up when Jesus decided to submit himself to his purpose, to his deepest longing for humanity, right? He submitted himself to his purpose. He was submerged. The Bible says the heavens opened up. Something opened up for Jesus. And God said, this is what my son, in whom I am well pleased, some interpretations say, but my favorite interpretation is this one that says, in whom I find joy in, I find joy Joy in. What's the point, Marlon? Don't be lost when others don't find you valuable. Oftentimes, I see people like make desperate cries. Have you ever been lost, right? Um, as a kid, maybe playing in the forest or. I, I lived on the Northeast side. We have, we have forests <laughs> on the Northeast, right? I, I just play, just lost. And at first, you're like, hello? What? Hello? You'd be like, what, hello? Ah! Help, help, right? Like, people do that even as adults in how we live our lives. In how we wear our clothes, sometimes we scream for desperation. We seem a bit lost in how we connect with other people, in how we um, uh, share our opinions with other people can communicate a cry that we are lost. Because ultimately, we feel that we are not being found valuable by anybody. But what happened for Jesus, when it happened for him, happened for all of humanity. Because Jesus died for humanity. He wanted to take on the sins of the world, all of the things that would make us come up short, distance us from God's greatness. He took it upon himself. And when he died and then rose from the grave, he rose with the power for all of us to inherit a relationship with God that would make him our heavenly father just as he was his so there is not one given moment in your life there is not one human being on earth that does not have the same connection with God the father the same relationship God is saying to you I have found joy in you you are mine so no matter who does not find you valuable you are found valuable in the life of the creator Marlon how do I develop a new agreement with my value? That's what you ask us to walk around the room and do, okay? Um, the Bible says that something divine opened up. But what I love about the scripture is that the scripture says, when Jesus is getting baptized, but the Bible says that as he was praying, the heavens opened up. One of the most um, rooted ways to hear the voice of God the Father communicate your value is through prayer. Um, there is an equal and opposite reaction, right that happens when you resonantly connect yourself to God in prayer. Now I want you to be honest, right? Um, when was the last time you prayed to God and with God? I'm going to talk about prayer, I want to talk about meditation. Pray to God and with God, not for something, but just to be with yourself and with God. So to find a presence about you, not to get a presence from God, you know what I mean, a present from God, but to find a presence about you the last time you prayed, you know, of course, like super spiritual people like like J.J., she'd be like, I mean, I I just prayed for you. I just did it. I just did it (laughs) seconds ago. Um, I want you to turn and, and ask a neighbor, when was the last time you stopped and either prayed or meditated meditation? Meditation is not um, an active experience where you engage God for something. Meditation is an inactivity, in fact. It's where you stop and you are present to the moment. It's where you hear the hum of the air condition. It's where you feel um, the soreness on your bottom wherever you're sitting. It's where you can taste the raisin that's in your mouth. Meditation is an opportunity to be present in any given moment. When was the last time you stopped all of life to either pray to engage God for presence, or you stopped life to be present with yourself? Something will open up, divinely open up, if you close your schedule and your calendar to pray and to meditate, to stop time and say, I'm not going to move any forward, I'm not going to go backward, I'm going to be present in this moment, either praying to God and with God, or being in a moment of meditation, a moment of silence with myself. Well, Marlon, like, what, what's the antagonist um, to prayer and to meditation? Nostalgia. Nostalgia is the chief antagonist to presence. The past is the antagonist to presence, prayer with God, or presence, meditation with yourself. Well, Marlon, like, what are you talking about? This is one thing I was thinking about the other day. Nostalgia is a luxury the progressive person cannot afford. Nostalgia is a luxury only the stagnant can afford because the passionate person gives each day all they have and leave no energy or time in the past. Like, the passionate person is a consummate um, B Corporation entrepreneur, right? Well, we don't keep a lot of uh, time for the past in our emotional, our mental banks because we are so deeply embedded into the present moment, deeply embedded into the present possibility for any given time, right? Nostalgia will kill your capacity to pray. You'll start thinking about all that went wrong in the past, and you won't hear God through meditation tell you what's right in the present. You'll start thinking about all the things even that went right in the past, and you won't hear God tell you through prayer what's better in the present. You'll be thinking about all of the things that were mediocre in the past, And you won't be able to hear God speak to you or be present to what's meaningful in the present. You need to eliminate nostalgia from any part of your prayer. Don't think about the past, good, bad, or indifferent, when being present with the Creator or being presenced with yourself. Nostalgia will kill. I was talking to a friend of mine the other day. He's like, man, I show Mr. O awakenings. He's like, man, why can't we go back to the Eldorado Ballroom? I was like, well, because we don't have a time machine, number one. And number two, we're called the Awakenings what? Move. Not the Awakening Stagnant. Right. <laughs> like, by inception, in 2005 when we started this thing, we said that we would move every three months, we would move to a new building to communicate, like, functionally, that the mission of Jesus and that the Church of Jesus Christ is a movement, yes, but it's a people and not a place. We never wanted a place to identify the purpose of the Awakenings Movement so that people could point to the place and say the place is the church. We wanted the people to be responsible through every day of their lives manifesting what the mission of the church is. The people are the church, not the places, which is why we worship in unorthodox spaces. Man, look at where we are, right? You guys are ridiculous for being here. (laughs) Like we're in an artist studio, like having church, like so, so odd, but maybe not. Because I don't think that we are as connected to what the church was, but we are trying to be connected to who God is in the church now. In fact, we treat our church as if it is a perpetual prayer and meditation for God's work in the world. Some people say, Marlon, why do y'all do all the stuff that you do? why can't you just preach on Sundays and marry and bury and do hospital visits, which we do do. We marry, bury, we, we do all that, we do hospital visits, right? A friend of mine was like, man, he's a pastor. He's like, so you pastor and you make films? I was like, yeah, well, before that, you know, we were tours, we were a restaurant. He's like, wait, 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 wait. wait, wait. He's like. He said, how you get your money? I said, well, I said, really, we don't get it. Like, God, God provides what we need. I'm avoiding eye contact with Regina, my wife. Uh, God, God provides what we need because we are a dynamic movement. And we're always pursuing the next possible space where there is milk and honey. And even though, right, even though we have been told by secular institutions some of which who, when they first meet our work and meet us, Danielle and I and Shelly, like they don't know that our, our work is rooted in spirit and soul. They first meet us and they talk about great things that they want to do with us, like in the secular space. And then when they find out that we're a church, they'd be like, ah, man. Because people assume the criminal when it comes to people who follow Christ because of the nostalgia of the church. The church has been so focused on protecting what the church meant in the past, which was having a building and doing anything that they can to keep that church building. Even lie to parishioners, right? Even negotiate their own sense of value that has now brought us to the place where the church of Jesus Christ's value in society has been lost to the point to when I tell people I'm a visual anthropologist and a pastor, I can't do it. If I'm speaking to an academician, I do not tell them I'm a pastor. Absolutely not. Because immediately it says that I'm less than because the church has been so focused on nostalgia, it has not been rooted in the present and it's lost its value that has made it lose its value in society. Mm -hmm. So we're too sacred for secular support sometimes. And then when I talk to church people, we're too secular for sacred support. I reach out to s- sacred institutions. I'd be like, oh, here it come right now, but we're doing these films. The mayor loves our film, the city loves our film. We got all these write-ups about our films. Certainly y'all gonna help us out, keep this thing going. They'd be like, ah, oh, how many people got saved at your last screening? Right. <laughs> <laughs> Dang, none. Because the purpose of Jesus at one point was to propagate the gospel in ways that were numeric. But at this point, there's a different way to qualify what it means to be in the kingdom. And a person who pursues broadening in the kingdom the kingdom of god right pursued in the sea of houston comes when one person's dream is realized we believe in the name of jesus and so we use this as a human development corporation to promote people's dreams but nostalgia will keep people from honoring the present stop rehearsing the past long enough to live in the present and to imagine into the future oh man if i could just get If I could just get us to understand today, dude, that if we would stop putting our backs to the future and our faces to the past, I promise you we wouldn't trip as much. I promise you we wouldn't be as, we wouldn't be donkeys. You know what I'm talking about? Most times we act a donkey because we have our butts to the future and our faces to the past. Um, I love Jed. Of course, you'll know that by the end of this little talk. I was uh, finishing up an installation at a Lawndale Art Center. The last evening of the install, I found myself in an ambulance. He found himself in an ambulance because something was going on with his liver. And you can see he has he has jaundice. You can see his eyes are yellow, and uh, when he was working so hard, exhausting, submerging himself in his in his purpose. Um, he ultimately got sick, and and when he did, he couldn't even make it uh, to the opening. Um, he had to send representatives to go to the opening, right? Because because he was so sick. And I was talking to him the other day about like that moment, and I was like, well, how did that feel? He was like, oh, I knew I had to stop and get rest. He was like, but I didn't feel bad. Is because I knew that I was doing what I was supposed to do with my life. The passionate person gives each day all they have and leave no energy or time in the past. I was like, well, gee, couldn't there have been something you could have done different? Like maybe eating at green seed vegan instead of eating a Whataburger that day? Right? He's like, I probably could have, but I'm not in the past. I'm in the present, and I'm going to move forward. Submerge yourself in your mission. Your deepest purpose begins where doubt is. Ends. I love that moment when Jesus comes out of the water, and then the Bible communicates that once he came out of the water was when his mission began. You know that, right? At age 30 was when he began like publicly speaking about who God was and God's reign and God's purpose to unearth people's potential out of their humanity. That was when it began. And I believe it was because he decided to submit himself. Some people may have said in that moment, but you're Jesus. How are you going to be baptized by John the Baptist? He's kind of like your Meek meal. You know what I mean? You're more like Drake. (laughs) <laughs> she said, I talk about Meek Mill and Drake too much. Nanny boo boo. Like, now, how are you going to do that? How are you going to submit to him? Jesus knew the submission would be a part of his whole life journey. He knew that giving himself over to people who may not be like him would be his job. And so he submitted himself to his purpose. And in that moment was when his mission began. Don't you know that there's something waiting to begin in each and every one of you? if you can just submerge yourself in what you do, get lost in what you do, if you do not stay awake at some point in the week wondering about how you're going to do what you really want to do, then you are not really alive. If you don't lose sleep, wondering how you're going to live your woke life, you are asleep. Well, Marlon, how do I develop a new agreement with my value? I mean, I, I, need, I need more information. Seek the joy God finds in you. The Bible says that God said, do I find joy in you? Which means that there's joy there to be found. The problem is is that we're so busy trying to find joy in other places, people, and things that we don't look for the joy that God said can be found where? Where? He said, I find joy in you, there's joy in you, but we think that joy is somehow outside of ourselves, so that we think the opposite of joy is being alone, right? We think that loneliness is the worst thing a person can do to really find joy. You never hear a person say, you know what? I'm looking to have a lot of fun. I'm gonna stay at home by myself and enjoy reading a book with myself. Some people may like that, but that sounds like terrible to me. I'd be like, what? That's not fun, where's the party? You know what I'm saying? Where the wine? Where the people? Where the music? You know? You never hear people say, you know what, man? You know what I'm going to do tonight? What you going to do, dog? Man, tonight I'm going to put on that new D'Angelo, drink me a glass of wine. I ain't going to do nothing but listen to music with myself, by myself, and I'm going to find joy with myself. The first thing you think is that that person just broke up with somebody. Somebody Somebody just broke their heart. Tell the truth. The more you take advantage, I'm not touching it, the more you take advantage of who you are, the less others can. One of the, one of the I wanna end right here, and we'll continue next week to talk about finding the joy that God has in you um, and honoring your values so that when other people don't find value in you, you don't feel lost. One of the reasons we really can't make a new agreement with our value is because of how we have either been taken advantage of or how we have been taken for granted. As a matter of fact, yeah, let's take a couple of seconds. I want you to turn to a different person, and I want you, don't use specifics, you know, because it may have been the person you're with. You know, it was you who took advantage of me. (laughs) Can you share how it made you feel? How it made you feel when you were either taken advantage of or taken for granted. Turn to somebody. How did it make you feel? Oh, yeah. Thank you, Shelly. Oh, sorry. All right, all right, all right, all right. Anybody want to share what they heard? Share what they heard. Don't share how it made you feel. Share how it made the person you were talking to feel. Yes. Used abuse. Use and abused. Used and abused. Used and abused. Yes. Um, not only their own judgment. Questioning if they have. Oh, questioning your own judgment. Ah. Aha. segue. Anyway, Anybody else? How did it make make the person you were talking to feel? Or you weren't listening? Cheated. Cheap, Cheap. oh wow, cheap, yeah. How about this? The very thing others are taking for granted is the thing you won't take advantage of for yourself from yourself. What was taken for granted? (laughs) Listen, check, check, check. Follow me now, see as I get closer to the point. Rock this wonky joint. Listen. What was taken for granted? Say it out loud. Thanks. Don't repeat after me. What was taken for granted? What was taken for granted. What was taken? Come on, say it, say it. Love. Let's stop right there. Love, okay? Then we'll keep going. Love. The love you thought was taken for granted is the love in that moment you weren't taking advantage of for yourself. Yeah. It is impossible to, take, to fully grant yourself all the love you have for yourself and at the same time be broken when someone else takes advantage of it. In fact, when you are used by people, if you are fully used by yourself, in that moment you have a divine experience. You say, God used me. In other words, if God gives you a million bucks in the bank and somebody beats you out of $100, do you feel like you've been beat? Now you got a million, well, you got however much that is left in the bank. When you know your million dollar value, when you know your unique worth, No matter what someone takes from you that you thought was lost, that they should not have taken from you, you got all this here to live with, and you don't care what they took from you because your life does not depend on someone else's life. Your life was created by the creator who made them, and they can't make you nothing because they were made. Can't make you mad, can't make you sad, can't make you upset because they were made by the one who made you. In fact, man, give me that, give me that. Uh, the apple and the banana, can I, oh yeah, I can walk over there. Um, I was eating a banana the other day with an apple in my hand and I said to myself, yeah, which one, which one i to eat? I want to eat them both, you know what I mean? <laughs> but I just couldn't do it. I was like, ah, I want the apple to have its own experience in my mouth. I don't want to mix it. <laughs> Apple may like, I like banana. I don't want to do that, right? So I was eating my banana and I said to myself, you know what, dude? When it comes to how I feel taken for granted sometimes or taken advantage of, the banana doesn't wait for the apple to validate it before the banana can be enjoyed. It's apples and bananas. Right. So when it comes to your relationships with other people, why do we feel like if they don't give us their apple, we can't enjoy our banana. Why are we waiting? It's like it's something totally different. Your relationship with another person is totally separate and different from your relationship with yourself. They are not interdependent all the time. Now, community is essential, but I'm talking about the joy that God has in you is not relatively Spawned, initiated, negotiated, sacrificed by the joy God has in somebody else. The joy God has in you is in you. And if you would spend less time trying to get other people to find the joy in you, you find it in yourself and you eat your own banana and enjoy it. <laughs> have you given yourself the love you are demanding of others? You won't have it for yourself by demanding it from others. Demand it from yourself. It's like this. We feel like somehow the power to feel valuable as a human being grows as we demand it from other people. Like, relatively speaking, the better I am at convincing people I'm valuable, the more valuable I am. And sometimes when you spend more time communicating your value to other people, you communicate away from an investigation that you must have for yourself. Stop. When somebody does not value you, The Bible says Jesus himself said this. He said, shake the dust off your feet. In other words, chunk two divine deuces. Be like, peace. I mean, but not like peace, like like Martin Lawrence, peace. You know, I'm talking about like peace. Peace be with you. And my peace is over here. In any given moment, when someone is trying to put you in your place, That's the moment you know that your place is not with that person. The moment someone tries to check you and say, you ain't all that, which then spawns this desire for you to be like, yes, I am. The moment somebody tries to put you in their place is the moment, Skyla Z, look. You eighth grade, ninth grade next year. Praise God, okay. Well, yeah, this year, sorry, sorry. Yes, good, we got a whole school year. Uh, oh, Marley. Dominique, where's Dominique? With the babies? Go get them. As you go, Marley. when you get to high school, man, I'm telling you, bro, I'm telling you, like clockwork, what's gonna happen is that people are gonna try to check you and your value to make themselves feel more valuable. The moment you find any classman upper or lower classmen trying to put you in your place is the moment you say, you know what, this ain't my place. I'm out. (laughs) You move to where your place, you know where your place is when people authenticate your value. Now go get them and tell them to get back in here. (laughs) It's apples and bananas. It's apples and bananas. I want to invite you guys to come and to begin a journey. To discover the joy in you that God found in Jesus. The joy in you is the joy God found in Jesus. It is impossible to be taken for granted if you fully grant yourself the very same thing you think somebody is taking from you. Be it love, be it interest, be it time. God has placed something inside of you like a water in a well that it is your divine responsibility to unearth, to pull up, for you to enjoy, to be refreshed. Somebody else's well ain't going to quench your thirst. Only the well of goodness and greatness and beauty and power that God has placed within you can uniquely quench your thirst. It was designed for you. What God gave you As joy was made for you and the more you enjoy it the more you pour into your well then the more the well overflows out into the village but if you ain't pouring into your own well my friends the village is parched everybody around you got scratchy throats it's your responsibility not just to care for the people around you but to care for yourself So the moment you feel like somebody is taking you for granted, you take yourself to the movies. The moment you feel like somebody is taking advantage of you, you take advantage of you. Do something with yourself, by yourself, to communicate to yourself that there is a divine joy in you. And through prayer, meditation, and time with yourself, the heavens will open up, and you'll hear God say, man, you are my kid in whom I'm well pleased. You're my phoenix. Rise from the ashes of other people's burned expectations.